Episode 322, March 1st, 2018. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Jeep Mama. Josh. And Tony. So sit back. Strap in and, and brace yourself. yourself. Well, Tammy, it looks like Josh is out again. This is starting to be a habit with you two. Yeah, yeah. First off, I just want to say <laughs> I wasn't out partying. I was sick with the flu, but I'm sure Josh is out partying. But Tony, you know, I think Josh has a pretty valid excuse. Today is his birthday. Wow. Happy birthday, Happy Josh. Happy birthday, Josh. Hey, don't worry, folks. It's not just Tony and I tonight. You just heard Gary from the Northwest Jeep cast is subbing in for Josh. Yay. But I'm hey, hey. not sure which Gary it is. This is this is the Gary we had on before, right? Right. <laughs> yes. It's the same Gary we had on before. And uh, yes, my other podcasting partner is also named Gary. And we host the Northwest Jeep cast coming up on 100 episodes later this Woo! month. That's awesome. Hey, yeah, Gary, we're excited. You, you know, I was listening to you guys uh, recently talking about being out at uh, King of the Hammers, and uh, I couldn't help but uh, but notice. Yeah, you know, I've never been out there. Uh, it seems like you know that you mentioned uh, what was it, uh, Chocolate Thunder, several times. Oh, Chocolate Thunder was great. The nighttime activities out there was just a big party. People going up and down obstacles, so much fun. Well, you know, every time I hear uh, heard you say Chocolate uh, Thunder, I couldn't help but think. What do you get whenever you have chocolate thunder? Well, you, sometimes you get chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. Some stay dry and others feel the pain. Chocolate rain. A baby born with... Uh, Tammy's rolling her eyes. <laughs> Gary, I apologize. Hey, this you is know, very are, embarrassing. It's. I'm really not surprised with his taste in music. So it's, <laughs> oh it, my it, god! It's, it's right to brand, Tony. Right on brand. <laughs> oh uh, my excellent. god! Excellent. I, I was. I went. I hit what I was shooting for. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's this week in Jeep. Hey, This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Looking for a way to support the show? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, and a small fraction of anything you purchase using that link will go to the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do, please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. If you're a diehard Jeeper, you've probably already heard this story, but it's something we didn't want the Jeep Talk Show listeners to miss. The global head design for Fiat Chrysler Automotive, FCA, is being called a hero. I'm speaking of Ralph Giles. No, not for his design of the new Cherokee or the new Renegade, but for what he did on his own personal time. Early this past Sunday morning, Giles pulled up to an accident between two Ford vehicles, a Ford Edge and a Ford Fiesta. Well, it wasn't much of a party for the Fiesta occupants as their doors would not open. They were trapped. Giles was in the process of moving his Jeep Wrangler to a safer location while his wife called 911 when suddenly a Buick LeSabre hit the Fiesta, which slid into the Ford Edge. The Ford Edge burst into flames. Seriously, people, with two Fords, there was better than a 50% chance one of them was going to burst into flames anyway, right? 
<laughs> Kyle's making a split-second decision, and knowing the occupants of the Fiesta couldn't get out of their vehicle, he used his Jeep Wrangler to push the now-flaming Ford Edge away from the Fiesta and its tra trapped occupants. Sadly, one of the occupants of the Fiesta later died from the impact of either the Edge or the LeSabre. The Ford Edge driver, the one that started this cluster in the first place, is reported to have been drinking. This should be a reminder to all of you, don't drink and drive. That's true for the trails as well. If you're going to drink, be a passenger. Well, apparently fuel economy and power and torque aren't important to FCA because they are dropping diesel engines. What? <laughs> but they just announced that the new Jeep Wrangler JL would have a diesel option later this year. Well, don't worry, folks. FCA is talking about their diesel cars. And since FCA doesn't offer any cars in North America, we and the vast amount of our audience won't be affected. So, phew, don't know why I'm reading this, but <laughs> I don't it's know news, about Tammy. you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I first read this, I was concerned FCA had made another pivot and wasn't going to have the diesel for the JL. It appears that FCA is reaching or is reacting to the massive Volkswagen diesel scandal where they programmed the onboard computer to run cleaner during emissions testing. I heard that. It seems cheating isn't good business, at least not in the long run. And you know what? I think it's just more than Volkswagen, folks. I yeah, heard yeah. other dealers were too, or car owners. The report going on to reaffirm that only passenger vehicles will be affected. Eco diesel in FCA's commercial vehicles, SUVs and trucks, Ram 1500 will still be produced. Yeah, you know, I, when I first saw this, I too thought uh, they just announced that in the JL, or are they retracting it? What the hell happened? Uh, so I was glad to hear it was uh, just the, the the vehicles. But you know, I, I'm kind of confused. The 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 torque and the uh, the fuel economy on the the diesels. It seems like it'd be a no brainer. This has to be a reaction to them just being concerned about being caught in the same type of thing that Volkswagen was caught in, uh, and uh, you know, facing uh, millions or even a billion uh, in fines. But th this announcement was just for North America, right? They're, they're still going to be producing them outside of North America. No, this is really uh, what it amounts to is Europe is not going to, FCA is no longer going to be producing uh, passenger cars with diesel engines for Europe because that's uh, oh, wow. since, since they were not uh, really ever uh, offered inside North America, that means I Europe see. is not going to have diesel engines anymore, which, which is I find strange. It is, does seem strange. It's either that or it's this, uh, the global warming thing. Um, you know, they don't want the, the, the contaminants, uh, from, uh, from the diesel engines because obviously, uh, Volkswagen had to do something so they could meet some of those, uh, stringent, uh, rules that uh, were put out, uh, that they could only have so many parts per million of something. Anyway, I just, I just think it's really cool that the torque rating alone on the diesels are nice, but I guess that's not so important in a car. We here at the Jeep Talk Show are very excited to announce that we've been selected to be one of the very first podcasts at Lipson's to be available on their new Amazon Echo skill. If you're an Amazon Echo owner, you'll soon be able to listen to the full episode or full episodes of the Jeep Talk Show on any of your Amazon Echoes or Amazon Echo enabled devices. In the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to say, Alexa, tell Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. 
We'll be providing more information on this exclusive feature in the future in future episodes, so keep listening and make sure that you never miss an episode. Subscribe. Oh, and if you want to hear the Jeep Talk Show news on your Echo, you can do that now. Just say, Alexa, enable Jeep Talk Show news. This will add JTS news to your flash briefing. Now, when you say, Alexa, news, when you're getting ready for work or, you know, at any time that you have time to listen, you'll get the best Jeep news from us, the Jeep Talk Show. That's pretty cool. I think it's going to make a really big difference. There's, uh, I think it's only 30% of the population of the United States has ever, ever listened to, to just one podcast episode. And I think a lot of that has to do with just uh, the complexity of how do you, how do you listen? You know, you got a loaded app, you got to go to a website. It's not that complex, but it's a lot more complex than uh, what happened first with radio, where the people would just go turn on the radio with one knob, adjust the other knob uh, to uh, listen to the station at a predetermined time. Can you imagine now if you have uh, one of these uh, devices that you talk to, it's even simpler than using a radio. You just tell it what, right. what you want it to do, and you don't even have to listen to it at a specific time. You can just tell it to, to listen to it now. So uh, I think it's going to be a big thing for podcasting. And uh, Gary, uh, since you guys are over there at uh, Northwest uh, Jeepcast, this is probably something uh, that you guys have already been looking into. Yeah, for sure. We're also available on, on Alexa. You can, you can ask it uh, to play uh, our podcast as well. Hey, coming up later in the show, <laughs> interview with Andy with Warren. Yeah, the winch people. All right, Gary, uh, you know, you were kind enough to give, give us a, a bit of a uh, exclusive here. I think this is an unplayed interview that you uh, got out at King of the Hammers, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So uh, I know you guys support the Tread Lightly initiatives as well. So uh, I was lucky enough to uh, talk with a couple of folks there at a Tread Lightly booth and uh, super nice. Uh, and and uh, I'll let the interview speak for itself, but uh, they, they do a great job describing what Tread Lightly is all about and kind of how we all can get involved and, and help. And we are still out here at King of the Hammers, and we are at the Tread Lightly booth over here with Danica and Danielle. Sorry, Danielle and Jerica. I, look, I'm just going to call both of you Danica because I think it's a perfect combination perfect. of both your names. Danielle, um, Danica. <laughs> that works out great. So Tread Lightly, we get, you gave me just a quick intro of that, but give me that again because that was fantastic. So we're a national nonprofit organization. We're devoted to stewardship and education programming. Teach people to have a great time when they're out on the trails, but do it in a responsible way so that we can maintain access to the places we love to recreate. That's fantastic. At, at the Jeepcast, we're always talking about tread lightly, you know, leave leave footsteps only, take only pictures, um, and, you know, making sure that we're responsible in our off-roading community because we have to police ourselves, right? Like, if we go and destroy areas, they're going to get closed down. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit more about, like, how, how do you guys get your outreach? How do you let customers or, you know, off-roaders know about uh, the values that you guys promote? So we have a lot of different ways that we do it. Like, uh, I mean, obviously the best way is to come out to events like King of the Hammers and be, you know, that face-to-face interaction. Um, we also plan recreation, restoration projects. We'll be out on the trail. We'll clean up trash. We'll um, designate trails, uh, what have you. And um, then, you know, my side of it is the uh, messaging. So I do a lot of... Uh, digital communication social media stuff social media exactly social media magazines those kinds of things to kind of get our message out there to uh, a new audience very cool where are you guys located at 
We're in Centerville, Utah. It's about 15 miles north of Salt Lake City. Right. And you guys do stuff nation, nationwide? We sure do. So our tread trainer program is a national uh, train the trainer program where we go out, we teach people how to teach our ethic. And then we also work with several clubs across the nation to do restoration projects, as Jerrica mentioned. Uh, we worked a lot with people like... Uh, 36 Hours of URI in North Carolina. We work with groups in Nevada, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado. A lot of stuff in, on the West Coast because of the public lands that are out here, but we do stuff all over the country. Yeah, well, we're, we're up out of, well, the Northwest, so up in Seattle area and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of trails that uh, maybe I can get some information and we can try to get some train-the-trainer stuff going on up there, too. Yeah, definitely. We would love to uh, set that up with, we, you know, it's great to work with clubs um, and organizations like yours that kind of have that base knowledge. But even, you know, we work with scouts and uh, land managers, all you know, across the board on people who are interested in protecting access to OHV areas. So. Do you already know if you have any clubs that you're working with out of out of the Northwest? Um, I know we have worked in the past with the Pacific Northwest, Pacific Northwest Four-Wheel Drive Association. Yeah, um, uh, in certain ways but um i couldn't name those off the top of my head right now but i'm sure we have yeah (laughs) well yeah i'm looking forward to uh, learning more and and we'll we'll get some information and we'll share it out with our with our listeners awesome that's perfect we really appreciate it great thanks a lot you too thank you so gary did you get a a picture for the social media with those uh, those two young ladies i did not get a photo (laughs) with the two of them (laughs) see you give gary a hard time about taking pictures and you didn't have to take a picture perfect opportunity to put up on something up on instagram (laughs) yeah i just you know they they were so kind to help out with a bunch of info with tread lightly and uh it was it was i didn't want to bother them more uh, taking some more of their time i know i know how that is you don't want to daniel and jerica were just great and what an interesting name. I don't think I've ever heard of Jerica before. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's kind of an interesting name. Like, like it, it was funny. I, you know, I messed up their names up front because, you know, I'm, I'm not taking any notes. I asked people their names. I talked to them for a little oh, bit. And, yeah. and then in tough. my head, I, I, you know, merged them together, right? I mean, <laughs> Danielle and Jerica, I just called them Danica. <laughs> yeah, for, for a second there, I thought You're you were going to be... Of- I was. Th- I thought she was going to be interviewing Danica uh, Patrick. Uh, Patrick with, with uh, NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, good, great get there. But uh, you know, that was a great interview, and thank you very much for sharing it with us. Yeah, absolutely. And coming up in Tech Talk, no good modification goes unpunished. You're listening to a four by four radio network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the four by four radio network. Just visit. 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast. Oh, and we've recently added uh, the On the Trail podcast to our lineup. So uh, you'll be able to hear their uh, podcast on uh, the Jeep Talk Show Network very, very soon. Oh, those are some really cool guys. They've reached out to us too and uh, and sent us emails and things. So uh, really cool guys. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's neat uh, after a very long time being the only Jeep podcast to have these, these other folks that we can uh, talk shop with. So it's a lot of fun. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Gosh, all these new people listening to the show are probably like, God, what kind of open is that? We'll have to <laughs> we'll have to go back and try to explain it a little one day. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway folks, um, I'm continuing on with my top five must-have series. And um, I was supposed to talk about this last week, but I was sick. So I'm going to talk about this week. It's the top five 
must have fluids for your vehicle to take off road. Now, for yourself, you should only be taking non-alcoholic fluids for yourself when you go off-roading. So, anyway, the top five must-have fluids for your vehicle off-road. I didn't have a whole lot of experience with this because I actually don't take any fluids with me, which I'm changing that. So, I reached out to fellow Jeepers for their suggestions, and the top five were, number one is oil, two was coolant, three was water, four was the brake fluid, and there was a tie for fifth place. Three different ones was your gear oil, your, your differential fluid, your transmission fluid, and gas. So those are the fluids that you should take with you when you go off-roading. And you should get yourself a really good container. And I've been trying to search around for some good container ideas. So if anyone has any great ideas, please go over to our contact page on the Jeep Talk Show um, website and contact us and let us know what you think. Now, now on, Tammy, yep, go ahead. Sorry, when you say That's container, right. the thing that you're looking for, are you looking for uh, what to hold these fluids in, or are you looking for like a yes, yeah, like what to put all because you want something that's you know something to hold them all. I think is where right, she, not where she's going. That's, like if something leaks, you know, you don't want it leaking gotcha. all over your Jeep, you know. So like, what to put yeah. my oil, my coolant, my gotcha. water. Like a, a safe container that yeah. it's not going to leak all over. So I love I to suggest a what? An ammo can. Yeah, yeah that's what. Um, yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, I have two purple ones of those. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of using. <laughs> They're not liquid uh, tight though, are they, uh, Tammy? I don't know. I guess you could make them that way, but uh, that might be uh, an interesting way of carrying them. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine has some sort of rubber seal on it. I guess I, I've never flipped it over to see if it actually holds the fluids in. Right. But, uh, it seems Maybe good I enough. could do a uh, do a water test in them. Yeah. Um, that would be kind of fun. Um, so one of our um, Jeep Talk Show forum folks um, put this out there, and I just want to read this real quick because for Jeep Wrangler owners, you really need to be aware of this. Um he writes, there are some things about the coolant in the JKs, and I'm, I think he's talking about the 2008 to the current JKs. Um, so I'm going to read this real quick. There are two distinct coolants that were used on the Jeep JKs, and they're not interchangeable. In fact, you do not want to mix them because they'll turn to jelly and clog your coolant passages and water pump, potentially ruining your engine. So the 2008 to 2012 Jeep JKs, with the 3.6 liter V6, use what's called the HOAT, the Hybrid Organic Additive Technology Coolant. The 13 to the 18 JKs with the 3.6 V6 use what is called the OAT, the Organic Additive Technology Coolant. Now, this poster said, as he said, don't mix these. They're not mixable, even in small amounts. They're also not compatible with normal ethylene glycol-based, the yellow-green colored coolants like Prestone Peak, etc. Now, and I've, he's heard that Jeep, Chrysler, Jeep use these types of coolant, particularly because of environmental concerns. And I was told, personally, I was told that too by um, my mechanic. And it's partially because of the extensive use of aluminum in engines. Now, he's heard that using ethylene glycol coolant 
base coolants with the HOAT coolants may not produce jelly, but aluminum parts and cooling system seals may suffer damage after time. He wouldn't mix any unlike coolants, and I would stick with the Mopar brand. Speaking of color, you can't always look in your radiator or your overflow tank to see what color your coolant is. Now, the HOAT is the orange colored. However, the OAT has is orange colored but has a purple dye in it. And <laughs> oh, it's, God. <laughs> yeah, minus, minus purple. And it's added for its identification purposes to keep them from being mixed up. However, because of the way that the coolant reflects, refracts the light, the purple looks orange unless you shine a light through it. Oh, and you look at it from the side. And I, I can verify this because I check my coolant now because my mechanic at the shop, they have been seeing Wranglers around my um, year, the 2015. So they've been coming in. He had four in one month that had radiator leaks. And the theory is, they haven't proven it, is this purple coolant. And I believe the purple coolant is the one that they designed for environmental reasons. Is possibly, they think, maybe eating away at, um, I, I want to say they call it the flux. Is that, that has something to do with the soldering joints. Mm-hmm. And if you look underneath your radiator, you can see the purple um, gathering there because it's leaking. You may not always see it drip onto the ground because it's evaporating before it, but that's the theory that the purple is somehow doing something to these radiators and they're having to replace them. Anyway, that's just a theory right now. Um, But Jeff over at Adrenaline Off-Road has been seeing quite a bit of leaking radiators. Uh, There is a thing you can install to protect your flux. It's called a flux capacitor. And it it does amazing things to your vehicle when you go to 88 miles an hour. That's very cool. Um, I think I might have to get one of those. <laughs> this is the this is the kind of crap I got to put up with, Gary. I'm glad yeah. you're here tonight to spread it around. <laughs> so, folks, just so that you know, if come you on, a, Tammy, please tell me that you know the flux capacitor yes, was I the know. back to the future Marty, thing. Come on, yes, no. Doc Brown. Doc Brown suggests you use the flux capacitor. He bumped his head on the toilet when he came up with that. No, I knew that. I have actually seen a DeLorean with a flux capacitor in it. So I'll have you know it's it's a real thing. Yeah, uh-huh. No, it's it real. is not. I'm serious. I did. I, I got a well, picture it, of it. But it, you have to have a Henway to go with that, Tony. <laughs> really? Really, Tammy? What's a Henway? Yes. Ahaha. Uh-huh. I fell for that joke, by the way, Gary. <laughs> oh, boy. Episode Episode 200. If you guys don't know what yeah. we're talking about, go listen to our special episode 200 where we... We take it was a, a lot major of time. Blonde moment. Major <laughs> t- blonde moment. We take a lot of time and 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 and, uh, and talk about the Henway joke. So go listen to that. <laughs> so anyway, folks, in our show notes, we're gonna have the part numbers of the purple, which is the oat, um, and the coolant and the orange coolant, um, just so you can tell the difference between, and you don't want to mix them. Good God. So. After hearing all this, what do you do if you've sprung a leak on the trail and don't have the correct coolant? You can add distilled water, which is one of the items you should be carrying with you when you go off-road, to your radiator for a temporary fix until you get home. 
And according for what according to what this poster um, put on our form, there should not be any adverse reaction to the distilled water. So I'm thinking if you can find a nice environmentally friendly uh, purple colored liquid dye, it would be a great thing to put in a uh, one of those super soakers and just hose down some JK front ends uh, while you're on the trail and just freak them out after this uh, after this report. You know what I'm talking about? Look at the purple; it's all over. <laughs> Damn environmentalists, they need because I'm sure that's why they're doing all this crap with the, the the coolant stuff. You know, we need to lump them in with the uh, with the lawyers when we go to get rid of the whole popu- segments of the population. Uh, lawyers and uh, environmentalists. I mean, good God, that is complex, Tammy. I think yeah. thank the you know the person that posted this up on the uh, Jeep Talk forum. Thank you very much. But good Lord, I mean, you got to be a damn scientist now. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, if I hear any more from Jeff about any more um, about the radiator leaks, I will pass it on to y'all folks. And coming up later in the show, it's Nikki G. Yay! Hang on to your seats because you never know what's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> you know, we love hearing from you. In fact, on our Facebook page alone, we've received 69 reviews with an average rating of 4.9 out of 5 stars. That's pretty amazing. Thank you to everyone that's taken the time to review our show. And if you haven't reviewed us, reviewed us yet, well, when you do, you'll hear it right here on the show. Gary, do you guys have a, uh, a, face, a review on your Facebook page? We do have reviews uh, on Facebook as well as uh, on iTunes as well. Yeah, we, we, we do as well. talking but, about our reviews. Yeah, we do as well. But the uh, I thought the Facebook thing was really cool. It seems like we get a lot more reviews on, on the Facebook page. Uh, than we do on the iTunes, which uh, which I love. I mean, uh, we love getting the constructive criticism too, because I mean, it's great hearing that we're doing a great job. But it's so much more helpful uh, when people say, "I don't like this," or "I don't like that," or you know, "Why did you talk about this?" etc. So we've had a few of oh. those, and they're but they're very oh, okay. helpful to the show. Well, hold on a minute. I'm gonna go to my email right now and start sending you one of those. You got tech questions? What oh, do I ever? have answers oh that's good because I, I, it's tech talk with jeep talk so you may never have heard the phrase good modification no, no good modification goes unpunished but if you've modified your jeep you instantly know what it means you've got to have that lift and you find it causes you problems that you had to resolve or several for example tammy lifted her jku to three point uh, by 3.5 inches and during an inspection, she found that, uh, what is it, Recepa? Was it the Recepa joint, Tammy? Yeah, the, the front drive shaft. I don't think I spelled it right, but there was a Recepa no. joint that was uh, leaking due to the steeper angle uh, that it was at and had to be replaced uh, that was designed f- with something that had uh, that could support a greater angle. It was that Tom Woods drive shaft that you put in there, wasn't it? Yep, that's correct. So if you're a few years back after lift, lifting my Jeep, I wanted to take it off-road and, you know, play with the new mods. Well, I couldn't since every time I was on the highway driving a, an hour or longer away, my Jeep's engine cooling system would slowly creep up to unsafe temperatures. My Jeep is a daily driver, and with no spare truck or trailer for towing or the money and space to have them, I was stuck with having a pavement pounder. I spent the next several years trying to fix this problem <laughs> to Tammy and uh, Josh's uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> dismay. Yeah, dismay. I, I'm talking about the overheating problem again. Oh, God, no. So <laughs> anyway, I spent the next several years trying to fix the problem. That included uh, aluminum radiators, a Grand Cherokee fan clutch, and it just went on and on and on. 
uh, I finally, and relatively recently, maybe a couple of years ago, figured out that it wasn't the Jeep engine cooling system overheating. It was how the factory sensor and gauge were displaying the information. One of our listeners recommended an external digital temp gauge that worked from reading the temperature directly from the thermostat housing. When the factory sensor and gauge read 250 degrees, that's in the red zone, folks, uh, the standalone gauge read 230. Now, 230 degrees ain't great, but it's not 250. To help correct the Jeep's factor, uh, the factory gauge, I installed a potentiometer, which is also a variable resistor, or for you kids out there, a volume control at the sensor. With this, I can adjust the voltage being sent to the ECU from the temp sensor, adjusting down the gauge uh, for what the gauge is showing. Now, fast forward to modern day. Uh, I've got a, a leak in my AC system, so the AC, <clears throat> AC compressor has stopped coming on. Really no big deal, windows down and full speed ahead, except now my electric fan isn't coming on. On the Jeep Cherokee, the radiator is long and skinny, to, and to help get the cooling uh, the entire length of the radiator, uh, a mechanical fan and electrical fan are both used. The electric comes on when the temp hits around 220 degrees, or if the AC is on, that means if the compressor is turning. So with this problem with my AC, the AC compressor is not coming on. That means the electric fan doesn't come on unless it hits 220 degrees. Well, I'm sure you've guessed it. <laughs> now that I have turned down the voltage going to the ECU from the temp sensor, the electric fan isn't coming on until the temp is really high. Oh my God. Now, uh, at least until I get my AC repaired, I have to remove my mod so the electric fan turns on and off like it should. Truly, no good mod goes unpunished. It's so true. Whenever <laughs> you do anything to your Jeep, there's something else you're going to have to change. Gary, certainly you've gone through something like this. Oh, no, no, never. It's always, <laughs> been, it's always been clear sailing. Every fix uh -huh. is, is the end fix. It, uh, no, it's a, not, not only do, does one thing lead to another, but it literally is a compulsion and an obsession <laughs> with having to oh, keep totally. making changes. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, a little, it's a little rough. But you, you, you really should have known, don't, don't mess with the temperatures going to the ECU because that computer is going to outsmart you every time. <laughs> well, damn it. You know, actually, I'm thinking about going uh, to, the, uh, to the gauge itself now, uh, uh, up behind the dash, and see if I can adjust it there. But, uh, I, yeah, I thought it was really great. And, you know, with this, this additional uh, piece of equipment, I'm able to see uh, externally what the temperature is. I mean, and when I say externally, external from the, the, the system the factory put in place. And, and damn gotcha. it, this has just been so frustrating. Uh, you do mod after mod after mod, and then you can't drive any place to actually play with you know all the stuff that you've that you've done. And uh, <laughs> and now now that I figured it out, uh, I have a transfer case issue that I've got to resolve. So it's uh, it's like Rosanna Rosanna Dana always said, and Josh and I here he would say timely reference. It's always something. All right, well maybe you have something to add with uh, uh, your tech. Uh, talk a uh, question or something for take talk, tech talk just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message and uh, let us know well, you know what kind of mod have you done and uh, how were you punished about for doing it coming up later in the show must have stuff for your jeep where i tell you about that fancy digital temp gauge i use to uh, figure out my problem no the problem the jeep carry not my personal problem mm -hmm. we I don't want to hear that, that gauge <laughs> 
We don't have yeah. time for that. This Jeez. is what you should have said, Ter- uh, Tammy. That's what did they call you, Terry. Oh, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jake the Northern Trail Off Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, it's Jake, Jake Colin. This is John, Free Runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal cord restraint system. No! No, 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 that's not right. We love our listeners. From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, good evening, guys and girls. We have a great interview tonight. I know we always say that, but this time I really, really mean it. Uh, We have Andy from Warren with us. Yes, Warren Industries. Uh, Apparently, they think uh, we're worth their time to talk to us. Andy, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. Hey, it's my pleasure. Glad I could be here. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, let's get started a little bit with uh, who you are, where you're located, and, uh, you know, what do you do for Warren? So, uh, I am the digital marketing manager for Warren Industries. Uh, first started with the company in 06, 2006. And uh, so, I am, I'm located at headquarters. Headquarters is in Clackamas, Oregon, which is uh, just just south uh, southeast of Portland by, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. So, we are in the Pacific Northwest. Wow, I've heard lots of great ah. things about how beautiful it is up there. And, of course, I've heard that from Josh, one of our co-hosts. He's not with us tonight. He's out uh, goofing off uh, when he should be here, damn it. And, and he really does uh, wish he could have been here for the uh, for this interview because uh, he's up in the same area, somewhere around Grishman, Grishan, Oregon, uh, Oregon, I think is where he where he's at. Uh, oh, sure. Gresham, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, just, I'll just jump in here and say this. I don't know if there's anything for for somebody to come by and have a look at, but we'd love to get Josh over there and uh, maybe get a tour or poke around. Now, if it's just a bunch of uh, corporate cubes, maybe not. <laughs> no, it's definitely definitely not just a bunch of corporate cubes. We While we do have uh, corporate cubes, uh, we also have <laughs> um, 200,000 square feet of manufacturing as well. Oh, so yeah. We are... Uh, we are putting winches together we are cutting gears we are welding bumpers we are uh making snowplow parts we've got uh we've got all kinds of stuff going on at uh at our place so yeah i'd i'd, I'd welcome uh, i'd welcome him to reach out and we can get him a tour i can take him on the tour give him the uh the uh behind the curtain tour if you will uh well you're welcome josh i just got you a birthday present <laughs> <laughs> So well, now uh, Josh isn't here from the Northwest, but I'm here representing. So I get to I get to represent the Northwest for the uh, for the crew here. That's true. I didn't even think about that. So that's a that's yeah. a great idea. Hey, uh, Tammy, yeah. what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to ask Andy. Um, you know, we're all Jeepers here. We all drive Jeeps. You know, that's Jeep talk show, of course. Um, just curious if you're a fellow Jeeper as well. I am a fellow Jeeper. I have a, uh, a 2001 Jeep Cherokee right now. 
Um, kind of a neat story behind that Cherokee it was my father's. He passed away in, in 2014, and uh, I ended up with the vehicle. And he was uh, this was his second Cherokee. He he loved Cherokees. He had a 90 that he put like 235,000 miles on, wow. and it was pristine. It was it was awesome. And then in uh, in 2001, he bought himself. Uh, he ordered it brand new, exactly the way he wanted it, uh, with the five-speed and cruise control and the off-road package, all that stuff. Anyway, when, when he passed away, I ended up with it. And uh, so I've got it outfitted with uh, just a three-inch lift, 31 by, nine, by 1050s, um, all kinds of uh, you know winch bumper, rear swing away, sliders, corner armor, uh-huh. um, obviously a worn winch run, a worn Xeon, 8000, a Xeon 8S on it uh, all kinds of stuff and we have uh we have been all over the west in that uh in the last year and a half with it and uh it was kind of a fast and furious build but um it's been re-geared from 307s to 456s locked in the rear it was at easter jeep safari with the last year overland expo west down in arizona it's been up to bc down to arizona california pretty much almost just about every state west of the mississippi wow now you forgot one important thing about your Jeep, and what's that? You know, what's the color? Ah, it's black. <laughs> oh, yay! Yeah, I have a black Wrangler, so of course, you know, black's yeah. the cooler yeah. color. Shows off all the pinstripes. Yeah, it sure does, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Andy. That's the wrong answer. Yeah. Oh. T- Tony's a little biased. He has red <laughs> red jeeps. He thinks they're better for some reason. Yeah. Hey, I have to say, I work at Warren Industries. We have plenty of red jeeps. I I, I get it. Now, see, <laughs> that right. man is in public relations. He knows yeah. what to say. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> is that obvious? But isn't Warren's color red? I think I just Warren's, Warren's color is red. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah you guys we have, have a, you guys uh, have that great red, red JKU that you take all over the place. Yes, we have a, a, it was actually a 2007, I remember when we first took delivery of it, delivery of it, it's a 2007, currently on, uh, I believe it's on 37s, uh, we've got Curry Rock Jocks front and rear, uh, we've got, you know, it's ARB locked front and rear, uh, it's hydro- hydraulic steering, uh, man, it's, it's, it's a beast, it's one of those, it's one of those vehicles that you can be wheeling at, at, uh, at an event, and I can be talking to you if you're my passenger, while we're crawling over boulders the size of Volkswagens, and it's not even like a thing. It's 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 built. It's 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 pretty impressive. Point and shoot, I think is what they call that. Yeah. Point right. and shoot. Yeah. So Andy, an- another, I don't know if this is a question or if this is more of a statement from me. Um, I have a, a 2015 Jeep Wrangler, and I have a, I, you know, lifted it, have tires, and I have a, um, aftermarket front bumper that you can put a winch on. But first of all, for me, they're kind of expensive. I'd rather spend, you know, the money on getting purple accessories, of course. But um, <laughs> I do go off-roading. Knock on wood, I haven't had to use a winch yet. How would you tell somebody like me that it's important to have a winch? And even though you haven't used one yet, you know, it's a good idea to get one. So what I would tell you is that a winch is, although expensive, is a cheap bit of insurance. If you are out, especially if you are solo and alone, if you are if you are out wheeling by yourself or exploring by yourself and you get stuck, uh, 
you're going to kind of wish you had a winch. So it's a, it's a cheap bit of insurance. So uh, and to, to determine which winch you would need for your vehicle, it's a simple calculation. All you do is you would take the gross vehicle weight rating of the vehicle, well, the gross vehicle weight rating, and multiply it by one and a half. That's going to give you your minimum pulling capacity. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I understand we don't make the cheapest winches, but there's a reason for that. And, that. and that's one of those reasons is because we put a, a ton of research and design into into our products. We also put an incredible amount of testing and we're putting, you know, 300 American workers to work at our at our Clackamas facility as well. So um, these winches are all designed, engineered, tested right here in Clackamas, Oregon, and the majority of them are leaving our factory in Clackamas, Oregon as well. And yeah, they I also, can abs- go ahead. I was just going to say they also make me nervous, you know? It's like <laughs> you can't get hurt. You know, I yeah. just the safety yeah, of it. Absolutely. We hear that from a lot of people. And and you know what? It's actually a very simple device. It is a it is a uh, a spool and rope. And uh, as long as you follow your basic winching techniques, you're going to be totally fine. I've, I've been, like I said, working at Warren since 2006. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of things, both good and bad. But uh, But let me tell you, as long as you're following your basic winching techniques, your safe, safe winching techniques, you're going to be fine 99.999% of the time. And, and, and like I said, it's a, it's a good product, good product to have as a cheap bit of insurance. When you're, when your Jeep is hanging off the edge of a cliff and you need to get pulled up, you're going to want the best, right? I mean, we all, let's face it. We all sink a lot of time and money, blood, sweat, and tears into our rigs, Jeep or not a Jeep, whatever it is. Uh, and so when you go out and you just buy the cheapest thing possible, um, it's a gamble whether or not it's going to work. Ours, our winches are going to work. We stand behind the product. We invented the electric winch. We pioneered the electric winch in the 1950s. And, uh, you know, if there's one company out there that knows what they're doing, I would say it's us with regards to winching. Well, you have me, Andy. I'm, I am uh, completely bought into it. Uh, been a big Warren fan for a really long time. Started with my power plant. Uh, back a while ago, recently upgraded that and, and put in a Xeon uh, uh, Platinum 10S. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. You're absolutely right. I put my rig on cliff edges far too often, and that winch has saved my life a good number of times. So yeah, that's, that's I love great it. Here, super happy it. about I, it. I appreciate your support. And also, too, Tammy, you got to keep in mind that uh, now you go out to, to Rosh Creek, Rosh Creek, quite often. Uh, I don't know what kind of line develops as far as going up and over obstacles, but if you don't have a winch, then that means somebody else has to uh, uh, winch you out of the way while everybody else is behind you waiting. Um, So if you have your own winch, you can kind of cut down the waiting time for everybody else behind you. Uh, At least that's what I've heard. Right. Well, Tony, you know me. I can get over anything. Without yeah. a winch. Yeah, we had a really good time. <laughs> we had a really good time about a hundred shows ago, Andy. Whenever uh, we, uh, I made the comment to Tammy, "Now you need to get a winch," and she goes, "I'm not going to get stuck." <laughs> <laughs> There's a first time for everything. We'll just put yeah, it that but, way. And I'm surprised and, she. Well, actually, you did. You have been stuck, haven't you? Yeah, and it was. We could have pulled it out with. We all could have just tugged on the rope and pulled me over, or I could have just chopped down. I got stuck on a tree stump under. Um, my um, control arm. I say it was yep. no big deal. But yeah. you were stuck. <laughs> yeah. 
I yeah. don't know. I mean, I've used my winch probably an equal number of times to save other people as I have oh, to save yeah. myself. So Absolutely. it's super useful. Yeah, you you bet. You, you believe it. We cut. We kind of say there's an eighty twenty rule. Eighty percent of the time you're pulling out somebody else. Twenty percent of the time it's yeah. yourself. And I, I'd say that's that's pretty accurate. I mean, one of the neat things about having a winch is you kind of get to become a, a, a bit of a, a superhero sometimes. Where you'll be driving along somewhere, and especially out in Oregon, you're driving along the coast, and you'll find uh, somebody stuck on the beach, and you can help those people by. Pulling them out. I, I'll never forget. I was my wife and I were coming back from Pacific City, Oregon, and it was uh, getting dark, and it was in December, and it was starting to rain. And we we drove past this one area where you can actually drive on the beach, and I we encountered a, a minivan, a rental, seven people in it, and they had driven onto the beach. <laughs> they weren't they weren't from the area, and and they had it was a front wheel drive van, and that front front wheels were were up to the hubs. And they weren't they weren't getting out. And I pulled up with my vehicle in the winch, and uh, we ended up hooking up to them. Long story short, we ended up hooking up to them and pulling them out as the tide was coming in. And they were extremely <laughs> grateful, you know. Uh, and there's I have countless stories of this, you know, where you you run across somebody, not not even on the trail, but even I was at Crater Lake this summer, Crater Lake, Oregon, and. A, a guy in his, he had, a, he had a, a, a coupe, a BMW, and he had pulled off the road to make a U-turn and the shoulder was soft and he was totally stuck and one tug with the winch and he was out. And I mean, there's a lot of free beer you can earn that way. That's just how <laughs> <that's just laughs> Yeah, I'm no, sure. you're right about pulling, pulling other people out. My, my podcasting partner, uh, also named Gary, he, pulled out a Toyota 4Runner just this last weekend, buried in four feet of snow. And, uh, you know, he, he, had, had, he had to hike out. Uh, the 4Runner the uh, owner had to hike out because he got stuck. And uh, my buddy went up there the next day and pulled him out with his winch, his yeah. worn winch, of course. You know, I don't want to get into competing stories here, but uh, I've only had to uh, pull one person off, uh, or actually out of a, a stuck situation. Uh, that wasn't off off road. Uh, well, I guess technically it was, but they were illegally wheeling uh, right next to a Red Robins uh, that I was eating at. And uh, <laughs> yeah, these two kids come wandering over to Red Robins, and uh, my uh, I also have a Cherokee. Uh, strangely enough, it's red. And uh, they they came over there to ask me if I could help uh, pull them out. And uh, they were in a subdivision that never got built, so there was a lot of uh, four wheel drive uh, uh, folks that would use that area to go out and wheel, so they could wheel locally. And uh, they had gotten stuck. It wasn't really that muddy out there, but they, you know, they found a mud hole and got there. I bet you it was a 2001 uh, uh, Cherokee, and it was pure stock. So uh, went out there, tried to pull them forward, couldn't. So uh, winched them out from reverse, which is usually the best way, and uh, got them out. And uh, the uh, the guy that actually drove it into the mud hole was going to let his brother uh, drive it home. And you know what that little uh, I can't say exactly that little uh, turd did. He got back in his Cherokee. They took off and went straight back into the mud hole and got stuck again. <laughs> they were going to make it, damn it. I mean, I, I like the I like the idea that I'm going to do it, damn it. But, you know, I want to get back to what I'm doing and not having to pull you out. So I warned them both. This is the last time. I'm going to pull you out one more time. And when I do, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the older of the two took, took the reins and uh, as far as I know, they drove home. 
So Andy, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your signature product line, the uh, the Xeon, and kind of where where it separates, you know, from your other lines and from the competition. Yeah, absolutely. So Xeon is a, a product we we debuted a few years back, and it really was the evolution of the species, if you will. It was the it was the 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 change that that the winch industry hadn't seen yet. So. Um, Back then, I would believe it was around 2012, we uh, came out with this product, the Xeon, which totally different design. It was a symmetrical winch. It had aluminum casing that helped with heat dissipation. It had a, a totally different drum and, and rope attachment scenario. And uh, it was it just raised the bar in terms of winching. And then, then we went ahead and, you know, without sounding too like too much of a shill, I mean, but we, we did, we even took an, another step where we came out with the Xeon Platinum, like you had mentioned. And the yeah. Xeon Platinum is completely wireless control, including the clutch. Clutch is, is wireless. Um, you can control, uh, you can plug in 12-volt accessories directly into that winch. So you can operate two sets of lights, an air compressor and a light bar, whatever, off of that remote. The remote also demonstrate or also uh, provides um, feedback. So in other words, it shows you motor temperature. It shows you the battery level of your vehicle all these things that just give you more control and more information uh, during the winching process. And it's an extremely efficient efficient product. We winched, I think it was 14 vehicles over Pucker Pass at, at uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Area BFE at Easter Jeep Safari last year, and it didn't even get warm. It was, it was it, to, to be honest, it even impressed us. We couldn't, and we were around <laughs> the product all the time. We use it. And uh, it didn't it didn't break a, didn't break a sweat. So so you've got your Xeon line. The Xeon does still have a clutch handle and, and a corded remote with a twelve foot lead. Uh, and then you have your Xeon Platinum. Platinum, in addition to the uh, advanced wireless remote, you're also going to get uh, a different uh, motor and drivetrain. So it's going to be faster. You're going to get a, 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 f- uh, a better brake. It's going to be even more load holding capacity. Uh, but they're all waterproof. They're all designed, engineered, tested, and built here in the U.S. And uh, you know they're they are the state of the art in terms of winching right now. Well, you know, whenever uh, whenever you hear the 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 word Warren, uh, the name Warren, or uh, you, uh, anything Warren related, you think of winches. But you guys do more than winches over there, don't you? Yeah, we do. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you're exactly right. People think, oh, worn winches are worn hubs. You know, that's what that's what people think about. But we make a whole whole line of product, including uh, bumpers and mounting systems. We have our ascent line for for pickup trucks. They're available for Ford, Chevy, Dodge, GMC, and Toyota. Uh, we also have our transformer mounting system, which is available for a whole host of of of, of pickups. On the Jeep side, we offer our rock crawler bumpers. Uh, we offer our Elite Series bumper, which is a more of a, uh, uh, I would say, sort of an Overland style. It meets the fender flares. It's a little bit. It's got a little bit more more surface to it. Whereas the rock crawlers are a little narrower, better approach angles, all that stuff. And uh, of course, we're we just showed off our new JL at the Keystone Big Show last week, and uh, we're 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 coming out with a bumper for the JL here very shortly. So. Uh, that's uh, not available for sale yet, but will be available shortly. So uh, we also make recovery equipment. So, of course, a winch is no good without anything to attach it to. So we make a whole host of accessories. Uh, We have uh, several accessory kits, including our new Epic accessory lineup. 
which uh, including the Epic Accessory Kit, which is going to be a backpack. Like this is one of these things where I think about it. The first time I saw it, I thought, why has nobody thought about putting all this stuff in a backpack before, mm-hmm. as opposed to just a bag, a duffel bag kind of thing? So it comes with a, a a backpack. It comes with a tree strap, snatch block, two uh, two shackles, winching gloves, and a uh, a premium recovery strap. And it's all nested in this great backpack that's also doubles in winch as a winch line damper, so you don't have to carry a separate damper. But uh, so yeah, we make a whole host of products. And by the way, not just truck. We do all sorts of power sports stuff: ATV, UTV. Everything from winches and mounting systems to plows and plow mounts, plowing accessories. So really a full line of, of off-road four-wheel drive equipment. Andy, maybe you can answer this question for me. You you just mentioned the ATV, UTV thing. Why in God's name would somebody spend twenty twenty five thousand dollars for something you can't go to a Wendy's and buy a hamburger in? You ever driven a you ever driven a, a Canon Maverick or a Razor XP one thousand? I'm I've, gonna guess no. I've been in a Razor when I uh, went out to SEMA uh, a few years back. We uh, we rented a side by side and took it out into the sand dunes of Nevada, and it was a blast. But I still can't. I would I would have much rather been in my Cherokee, frankly. But it, it was very very fun. But oh, at, I don't know. At twenty two thousand dollars, no. Uh uh-uh. uh I'd rather I'd rather have something I can de- drive uh, on the road. I'll tell you what, it's, I'm, it's something I'm that, sold on it. you know, I, I don't own a, a side-by-side or a quad myself or, or a four-wheeler, uh, but I'll tell you what, when I drove that Polaris 1000 XP for the first time, and I'm doing 70 miles an hour, 70 yes. miles an hour across the sand dunes at the Winchester Bay, it's like being, a, it, my, I, and I haven't been in a trophy truck, but I'm guessing it's got to be similar. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're extremely fast. They're agile. They're incredible. Look at the can, Look at the King of the Hammers. Look at the King yes. of the Hammers UTV race. It is growing by leaps and bounds. Oh, yeah. And a lot of these guys are entering near stock UTVs and, and finishing. It's unbelievable. They're super capable. Now, you do have to have a tow rig and a trailer at most places. I realize you can drive them on the street in some locales, but uh, they are they are unbelievable for what they are. I mean, yeah. it's, it's they, they really are. They're, they're a hoot. Yeah, I love giving people a hard time about it because they're so expensive. And like I said, they you are. can't you can't go get a burger in it. Well, not not legitimately, not legally. Although but you're right, there, you there are yeah, there are in some Moab, places where you can. can. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, this has been a great interview and a lot of fun. Great information. Uh, oh, real quick, you, you mentioned the uh, the Platinum Series. What more can you guys do with a winch? What, anything on the on the plans that you can tell us about? What, how are you going to surpass the Platinum Series? <laughs> Let's just put it this way. We've got some things coming down the pipeline that are, are, are going to push the envelope a little farther. Um, I think you're going to first see it on our, on our uh, Power Sports lineup, and it might even be this summer, but uh you know don't hold me to that but uh we've got some uh, we've got i do know we have some exciting things down the pipe that'll that'll continue to to uh revolutionize things so, so i'm excited for that and i think i think uh the users will be excited to see it too so do you think uh, maybe we're going to see a worn winch with the uh, the amazon echo the alexa feature built into it where you can just say alexa winch me out <laughs> you know i <laughs> I can't actually talk about that right now. Oh, so, uh, this is great. We oh. we may have broke something here. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, you know, I can see the Warren Winch with a little blue ring on it. That would be great. You know, it'd be yeah. circling. You know, whenever it was reacting. Uh, yeah, we have some. We have something like that coming out, but not at all like that. <laughs> I love that answer. That's great. That sounds like something you'd hear from the military. 
Um, so, <laughs> so tell the kids, you know, all these kids, they love the social media and stuff. Uh, tell us, uh, tell the kids how they can uh, keep up with Warren and maybe yourself uh, through the social media. Yeah, you bet. So you can find us on Instagram at Warren Industries. You can find us on Twitter at Warren Industries, and you can find us on Facebook at Warren Fans. Uh, just a quick plug here: we are uh, we're getting ready for our annual social media uh, Warren Fans Facebook, uh, excuse me, Warren Fans um, trail ride. So uh, at Easter Jeep Safari. So if you're interested in going wheeling with us for the day on March 26th, we're going to have uh, we have a photo contest going on 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 Facebook. You can find it on our Facebook page. You can find it on the tab at the left that says contest. You can go ahead and enter a photo of your vehicle if you're going to be at Easter Jeep Safari. And uh, you might win a chance. Uh, one of 15 spots to go wheeling with us includes lunch. And uh, we'll have a whole lot of fun on the trails. Wow. That yeah, I did great. that run with you guys, uh, I think about five years ago. It was out at uh, Porcupine Rim. Uh, it was oh, the year yeah. that Jesse Combs was out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was that was a really good time. So I we I mean we really appreciate you guys hosting things like that and letting the fans get out there and you know we're with you guys and of course like like the lunch you said and then uh, and then just having a great time. It was a it was a lot of fun. Well, Gary, why five years? Was there an incident of some sort and you couldn't go back or what happened there? Oh no, I've I've been nearly every year <laughs> since then. <laughs> That was that was just the last time that I did the warm trip. Gotcha. Hey, Andy, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. We really appreciate your time and uh, sharing all this great Warren information with us. Tony, yeah, it was my you, pleasure. Andy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome. Yeah, Andy, we'll be in touch. Sounds great. Well, it was great having Andy from Warren Industries on uh, the show tonight. We really appreciate uh, him making time for us. And uh, you guys got to check out some of those uh, Warren products. You know you've heard about them. You've read about them. You probably even own some. So uh, go over there and check out some of the new stuff. I had no idea that they had uh, something that had the artificial intelligence uh, and all this stuff that you can do, that Platinum Series thing. Wow, that's just, that's wild. I haven't been keeping up with your stuff. Oh, the Platinum Series is great. I, I have I have a, a Xeon Platinum, uh, so I have the full wireless controller and all that all that cool gadget that he was talking about. and. It's absolutely fantastic. Is it something that you that you use readily, or is it just something that's uh, handy to have in case you need it in some situations? Well, I mean, having a wireless controller is super convenient, right? I mean, even when I was out at the Hammers, I didn't need to get out of my rig to engage the clutch or disengage the clutch. You know, I had buddies out there pulling winch line and getting it connected up, and I never had to get out and plug in uh, plug in a controller. Uh, so just from my remote, I was able to do everything that I needed to do to you know, disengage the clutch, re-engage the clutch, and then pull myself forward. Did you, um, did so, you have to wave them off? Say, don't, no, 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 touch it. I got it here remote. Leave it alone. Just, just pull it. Go. So, so <laughs> one, of, one of my buddies did yell out, you know, toss out the remote, the, the controller so I can plug in. I'm like, nah, I got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> and you rolled the window back up and turned the AC up and the, t- the tunes, right? <laughs> That's right. Now, Andy did a great job, but, you know, we got to tell folks that I also got an interview with Warren. One of his coworkers, Tom, gave me an interview for the Northwest Jeepcast, and I'll be airing that this week as well. So you can we can have our listeners and everybody kind of check out this interview with Andy as well as uh, the interview with Tom from Warren uh, over at the Northwest Jeepcast. And you're just trying to start a fight over at Warren. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what the motivation there is, <laughs> oh, but, but I, I like it. I don't it. know. I, I think Andy <laughs> Andy kind of took some swipes there at Tom. So, oh! Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to see how that works out in well, the office. I'm, I'm, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> that other interview then. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. 
Go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. You know, Tammy, uh, we actually have a form that I put on the contact page that allows people to fill it out if they'd like to be a guest on the show. And I just kind of put it up there as a whim, and the, we've already received uh, a couple of uh, requests to be uh, an interview here. I, I guess hey. we're doing an okay job interviewing if people aren't scared to come and visit with us. That's awesome. Yeah, it I is. I can't wait to see who it will be. So go over to the jeeptalkshow.com slash contact uh, page, and you can uh, fill out the information. You know, you don't have to be from Warren. You don't have to be from BF Goodrich. You don't have to be from any... Uh, well, you could be from Jeep. I, I wouldn't mind a Jeep interview. Uh, but uh, Mike Manley, <laughs> Mike Manley. Uh, so anyway, uh, but you don't have to be a big name in the industry. Everybody's got a story to tell, and, and we love having you on. And, and if you're wondering, uh, can I have a business, and can I come and talk about my business or my products on the show, you certainly can. Uh, don't don't even feel two ways about it. We understand about not being able to afford advertising, <laughs> being a little podcast. So uh, please feel free to, to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I'd like to take a second and talk to the uh, persons or people who uh, vandalized a Jeep with pizza. Uh, I get your anger and frustration. Yeah, a compass is not a real Jeep. But uh, if you feel the need to vandalize a real Jeep, I invite you to please throw 27 pizzas on my Jeep, please. Uh, If you're really, really angry, uh, you can throw in some chicken wings and maybe a two liter or two. But uh, please, no anchovies. And absolutely not no pineapple. Pineapple on a pizza is a crime against nature. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. <laughs> My daughter's How like. How come I cannot figure out? There's no stop button on this thing. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, good job, Nikki G. So, yeah, my daughters are the same way about the pineapple. Uh, uh, not not the same way as him, but like they like the pineapple on the pizza. And I tell them exactly that. It's a crime against nature. It's a crime against humanity. It's it's not, you know, there's no re- no place for fruit on a pizza. Yeah, I know, Tammy. You like pineapple on there, right? I uh, Yes. Yeah, I figured. I mean, it's not my favorite pizza, but I can eat it. Well, it is pizza. So, no, as long as it doesn't have a footprint on it, I'll, I'll eat it. I, I do understand the whole thing about you know what what is natural on a pizza and what is not. But, uh, I don't I don't I don't mind myself a Hawaiian every once in a while. You must have needed this every day. I need it. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff pick of the week for your Jeep. All right. Well, you heard me bitching and complaining about the engine overheat thing, which if you're a long-time listener to the show. You may not have made it this far yet because you're tired of hearing about this. But I'm going to tell you about the little thing, the little gizmo that I used to finally figure out what my Jeep cooling system, uh, that it wasn't overheating. Uh, and the the item is the engine watchdog, specifically the TM-1. Engine watchdog is an Australian-based company, which means you'll need to get a, you'll need to be specific uh, when you order one uh, about whether it being Fahrenheit or Celsius. Um, because, uh, I think the default one is Celsius and then, uh, but they have both. It's not a problem. You just need to make sure you tell them which, which model you want. 
They have several models to choose from. They have a, a TM1 to a TM-4, uh, and the, there's actually ac uh, several models of the TM4 that, you know, they have different features, but they're all called TM-4. I know, confusing. Uh, depending on the model that you, uh, that you choose, you can monitor uh, the temps, which is, uh, that's any temp. Now, it doesn't have to be the coolant temp. Uh, it's a mechanical connection. The little, the little temperature sensor uh, has a little uh, a place that you put a, a bolt through. I guess it is limited to the size of the bolt that you can put through there. Uh, but uh, So that means that if you wanted to, you could uh, not only measure the, the coolant temp by connecting it to the thermostat housing, you could connect this to the transfer case or the differential case. So am I piquing your interest yet? You can also monitor oil pressure and even uh, turn on electric fans when a temperature is reached. And, of course, it could be a, t a cooling fan for you know th this engine or maybe a different fan. I don't know what else you'd use a fan for. Maybe you could attach it to your earlobe and, and, and turn on a fan uh, on you whenever you got hot. <laughs> it's, it's this all kinds of control type thing you can do, and it's not specifically to engine temp. So these things are really cool. If you're doing a hard day of wheeling and you're worried about your rig, this will let you know exactly what's going on and when to shut her down. So check out the jeeptalkshow.com webpage for more information and the link to Engine Watchdog. So what do you think, Tammy? Do you got anything that, uh, that you get worried about, whether it's oil temperature or uh, uh, coolant? Uh, I guess you're, you're, I wonder if they made one that would actually monitor the, uh, the drips uh, coming from your cooling system. You could, you could have it test for purple. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I could. Um, you know, I, th I think my Jeep, tells me all that already right well it tells you the engine temperature but of course in my case it was telling me wrong and it was actually right. keeping me from using my jeep because it uh it was telling me it was hotter than what it really was so i had, right. to, I had to get a better better measuring tool um so for example uh i don't know you guys you guys have done a lot more wheeling than i have uh it, do you ever have any concerns about your transfer case uh, getting hot especially if you have it in uh, four-wheel low, uh, and I would think it would be even worse if you have a, a four-to-one uh, ratio in there. Well, Tony, you know how fast I, I wheel. I wheel so <laughs> darn slow. I just, uh, I mean, I can see if I was, like, maybe probably the kind of wheeling that Gary probably does, maybe. Um, but I haven't, I haven't um, hit that kind of wheeling yet. I mean, the rocks I go over, you know, it's, I mean, it's, to me, it's it's scary and difficult, but it's nowhere near um, the stuff that some other people are wheeling. So, Gary, any interest yeah. in uh, monitoring uh, transfer case temperatures? Well, I'm definitely interested in watching all kinds of temperatures. Um, now, the JKs have a lot of gauges all over, even though many of them aren't visible on the dash. But you can plug in some tools into the uh, ECU, some gauges into the ECU, and have it uh, uh, have it give you the readouts. Um, so I have like a, it's called a bully dog tuner, uh, and it plugs right into the, uh, into the computer so that, uh, it can give me the readouts that I want. Um, and so I can see my, my transmission temperature. I can see engine fluid coolants. I can see a bunch of, bunch of temperature gauges so I can watch what's going on. And on top of that, Tammy, you're right. I do drive my Jeep really hard, um, and put it put it through a lot of a lot of work, uh, and so I've added extra cooling fans uh, to things. So I have an extra cooler for uh, for my transmission, uh, as well as for my power steering fluid. 
those go through um, other other coolers uh, to drop the temperature, uh, so that way they don't go, so they don't continue to go high. Um, and you're right when you when you drop into far low, um, it actually helps your engine temperature to do that, right? You're you're driving your engine too hard if you're in two wheel drive at too steep. You're gonna you're gonna raise your engine temperature up and dropping into four low actually helps put some of the load onto the transmission instead of the engine. Um, and, and, uh, uh, helps, helps overall with, with heat management. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's some tricks that you can do and, and, uh, some things that you can add on, on a JK. You have a lot more, a lot more, uh, gauges on there to start with. Um, so what you're talking about is hooking up the bully dog to the OBD two port. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And there's others that do that too. There's, uh, um, yeah, there's other products. I, there's a super chips product that that connects up to the OTB2 port, um, and uh, and several others that give you uh, readings of onboard gauges that are already there, sensors. So we've talked about the the Torque app uh, that you can get. That's about you know five bucks and is either for iPhone or Android. And uh, now I don't have a JK or access to a JK JKU to test it on, but maybe one of you guys out there in the listening audience does. I'd like to know if uh, you're able to see all these uh, additional uh, sensor uh, readings uh, using the Torque app. So if you're a JK, JKU owner and uh, use the, the Torque app and maybe one of those little uh, $12 uh, blue, blue uh, tooth nubs that I've recommended. I mean, I think we're talking about the total price of uh, less than 20 bucks for both these items, as long as you got your $1,000 phone, of course. Uh, and uh, be, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that Bully Dog uh, tuner is not cheap. Yeah, I don't remember what I paid for it. It's been a long time, but uh, like hundreds, yeah, I mean, it was, I think. it was probably it was probably a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm sure it does more uh, with the 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 four yeah. point, the, the four point liter engine. There's not anything that you can change to uh, not with a, a tuner. Uh, you can have somebody reflash the uh, the ECU, the PCM, and do things, but uh, it's not anything that you could use a bully dog tuner for to to change performance. Which I'm sure that's probably part of what you do. Uh, you probably go into a pack, a different uh, tuning package for going off road than. Uh, uh, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that, it that's has several. So the bully dog is great from that standpoint because there's it's more than just reading uh, gauges. So, uh, or reading these uh, additional sensor information. But uh, yeah, I really it has a lot of controls. You know, for for not not just doing tunes, but also for things like you know um, setting your traction control system on or off, or uh, turning your seatbelt. Uh, sensor on or off like there's a there, I mean that, that one I may not recommend it to, to do but <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can uh, set on there send um, all your uh, complaints to Gary at Northwest <laughs> <laughs> now that you must have an engine watchdog will make it easy for you just go to the jeeptalkshow.com and look for the show notes on episode 322 for more information about how to go and see the specifics on all the engine watchdog models Hey, folks, and next week, it's the Jeep Mama's product review, and I went out and upgraded my automatic tire deflators, and I got the JT Brooks Automatic Tire Deflator Pros, and I'm going to tell you all about my experience with checking these things out. I hope it's positive. It is. Oh, I, I can tell you it's going to be positive. <laughs> I, ha I have them as well. They're fantastic. Except I kind of did something wrong. And, oh, don't, yeah. don't know more. That's enough. So want, tune in, folks. I want more, but no. <laughs> Just going to have to wait. Hey, folks, and coming up in a few minutes, it's Wheeling Wear. 
Hey, Gary, you found your way out here to the campfire side chat. Here well, I he's am. Been here so, bef- yeah, hasn't he been here before? Um, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, last actually, time you guys let me hang out at the campfire. Actually, I thought, you know, come to think of it, I was kind of surprised. I thought, I thought we let you, left you tied up at a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's, it sure is warm right here by the fire. You guys keep it nice and toasty. Yes. Sure <laughs> pass, me a, pass me a marshmallow, Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to share tonight, Tony. So, Gary, <laughs> this is where we uh, we share our uh, intimate moments and uh, what happened to us in uh, Boy Scouts. So, uh, tell us, share us your story. No, 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 no. This is, <laughs> this is this is all Jeep talk. Jeep talk. It's a Jeep podcast. <laughs> it's a Jeep podcast, fellas. <laughs> So, Gary, share something with us. Talk about the, something around the campfire right here. Oh, here you go. So, um, man, we uh, – so I'll actually share a little bit of story just because this is super recent. Um, and, and we're going to be talking a lot more about it uh, on our show as well. But uh, a buddy of uh, – my my co my partner on the podcast, Gary, he got called out to go rescue a forerunner out on the trail. Now, I know we, we talked a little bit about that when we were talking with, with Andy, mm-hmm. uh, but, I, but if it's all right, I'll get into a lot more detail oh, about that. Oh, of course. That. Go right ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they were wheeling up on, on one of our, our forest roads up here. Now, you know, this, this may have made national news, but we've been getting a big dumping of snow recently, um, probably about four feet uh, last week uh, and then about six feet this week. Um, oh, so it's been, yeah. it's been going really crazy hard. That's like and, 10 feet. Uh, yeah, well, let me see. Carry the one. Yeah, 10. Um, Tony can add. <laughs> I, you know, I had to go. I had to move all the way down to my toes to get that one added up. But uh, I got arrested for counting the 21 one time. <laughs> so so they, they the, the guy gets stuck out on out. He's, he's taking his forerunner up there in the snow. And, you know, it's really easy to lose track of exactly how far is too far. And was, was he wheeling he, alone, Gary? Was he by himself? He was wheeling alone. Oh, uh, see, there and you go. Underprepared with equipment, um, so you know, no winch, no recovery gear, uh, and eventually got himself to a point where he was too deep and sunk into the snow, and he couldn't back himself out. So him and his family hike back out. It was only a few miles in, so it wasn't too bad to get to the to get to the highway. Um, and then they start posting messages on social media to see if there's people that'll go out there and help. And luckily, you know, my buddies and, and a crew, they were all ready to go up in that area the next day anyway. So they got a hold of him, uh, drove him out there, got to his rig. Uh, and it's it's a good thing that they went the very next day because it was half buried when they got out there. Like it had, it had snowed that night some more. And if they had waited even one more day, it would have been fully buried. Like they would have had wow. to take shovels shovels at it yeah it would have been really rough um and so then they got you know their worn winches and got him hooked up and uh pulled him back out got him turned around and back down the hill and and they were you know super appreciative of course uh we got a bunch of pictures those will those will get set up uh on our on our podcast page but that was jacob was his name uh in the in the forerunner and uh we got him all rescued so it was a super fun day uh they they described it as uh, as fun because they got to do the recovery and then they got to keep going up the trail as well uh, to keep to keep snow wheeling. Yeah, definitely. Or at least have a winch and recovery gear. 
Yeah, well, you can get yourself out. in a situation where you won't be able to get yourself out with a winch. But uh, what is it they what is it they always say that uh, you'll still get stuck with a winch? You'll just get stuck worse. <laughs> I got a yeah, winch. The, the, I can make it. <laughs> yeah, the winch gives you a sense of power that you think you can just keep going, but uh, you really should have went, winched yourself backwards. Yeah. Hey, you know, you said uh, they they used all their worn winches to pull them out. Were were they really all worn winches, or are you just sucking up to the guest? <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, I have a picture of of Gary pulling him out, and I know for sure that he has a worn winch. So, yeah, there was. You said more than one, so I figured there was uh, several people helping. So, well, the 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 worn the worn winch. You only need one when you got a worn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeez, you know, Tammy, I bet you the guy in the Toyota said, told his family, straight faced, totally serious. Don't worry, we won't get we won't get stuck. We won't even yeah. need that winch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I I wheel smart. Yeah, you you wheel with people, which is uh, which is always good. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Yeah, speaking of wheeling, um, I'm getting excited because time is getting closer and closer to um, two wheeling events I'm going to be doing in May, and I get to meet Nikki G in person. Oh God, help you! One exciting thing, Um, I'm going to be wheeling in. Uari with Carolina Trails Off Road and Brian from Route One Six and Nikki G is going to show up, and I'll be camping up there with them. And then I'm also going to um, it's an Overland weekend, and this is where I kind of need some help from folks out there listening. If you guys have any cool, and I've been camping before, so um, I've eaten many camping meals. But I'm going to, they're going to have a food vendor at this event, but I kind of want to, you know, make my own lunches and my own um, dinners. And I'm sure if Gina's listening with the Nam News, she's going to be sending me lots of recipes. But some meals I can make just for myself. Um, I'm not a big hot dog eater. I'm not a big hamburger eater. So if you guys have any cool like campfire um, ideas, I'd love to hear from you. And so I can pack a little cooler with some of the meals. But I'm excited because I'm going to learn. I'm going to take a navigation class. I'm going to learn about um, reading a topographical map and um, plotting a map and latitude and longitude and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, wheeling and just hanging out with people. And I think the the is it Quadratech guys are going to be there oh, wow. and Good. yeah so and bug some them. other vendors bug them because I've been trying to get an interview with them and yeah, uh, hadn't so, heard back um, anyway I'm really excited that's in May and if you guys are in the Pennsylvania Maryland Virginia area you can still sign up it's go to wheelersllc.com and sign up for their weekend um, I'm really excited uh, to um, this will be my like first big camping a whole weekend thing instead of sleeping in a hotel room and then wheeling and going back to the hotel room so it'll be it'll be kind of fun i'm excited so i can see a a new series coming up tammy it's going to be the top five things to take uh when camping off road oh there you i gotta write that down and then the next one will be uh the the top five things not to eat or to keep well refrigerated while camping off road. Right there, you go. And then the follow would be the five things to take for an upset stomach, diarrhea, <laughs> and a general feeling I want to die. Right. 
Oh, and um, so it's the where I'm going to camp is primitive. So there's just going to be a porta potty, but at, in the middle of the night, I don't want to have to get up. On flashlight. My tent. You yeah. want a nice flashlight. You definitely. What the hell is that crawling? Well, what the hell is that right. crawling on me? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm yeah. thinking. I want a porta potty for in my tent. <laughs> yeah well that'll, so if anyone has so any that tips over ideas. you'll change that decision very quickly <laughs> right so tammy here's even a better idea than just a normal flashlight is get a headlamp well and that's what I was, you have the, the it's a hands-free flashlight there's nothing sexier than a right <laughs> than a headlamp <laughs> right no. well if you guys have any great suggestions my son well, has, what are these what are you getting from us <laughs> <laughs> these are great suggestions no, a suggestion for a headlamp. Oh, I was, okay. I was just looking for some, and I'm just like, God, oh, I don't know which one to get. Uh, Do you ever wear uh, baseball hats, Timmy? Uh, sometimes. So, I, th- so they make the little clip-ons, which is a great way to have a, a little flashlight, and you can clip right. it onto the build of your hat. Right. Um, anyway, email me or um, uh, Send me a voicemail. Let me know. Yeah, just go over you, to our contact page, and uh, you'll find all kinds of ways that you can reach out to us. So, yep, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to to hear. How it's it's just a weekend camp out, right? Um, the Uari thing. I'm actually I'm going to be off on two Thursdays in May. Sorry, guys. Um, so the Uari is I'll drive up Friday. We'll um spend the night Friday night. I'll we'll. Saturday and then head home Sunday, but for the weekend, the overland weekend thing, it's a three day, three night thing. Oh, okay. Well, it's kind of a weekend, a long weekend thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, whenever you go, uh, whatever, whatever it was, you're going to uh, meet Nikki G you got to get a video and you got to get a video with matching tinfoil hats. Okay. <laughs> and get Nikki G to do his rendition of a whale song. I will have Nikki G's do his top five something too. <laughs> top top five in whaleese. Yeah, there you go. Nikki Definitely. G, Nikki G. Gary. Nikki G. Called in one time and uh, he gave us his uh, his whale songs, kind of uh, uh, reminiscent, I guess, of uh, what was it? Up Periscope, uh, whatever the funny one was. There was a down Periscope and an up Periscope. So he actually hmm. does whale calls on one of the, the one of the messages that he calls in for. So it was very funny. Sounds funny. Yeah. Gary's like, okay. <laughs> is, it too yeah. late? is it too late to say uh, a I very know. polite no thank you to being on the show? I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, uh, the time's ticking away here. I got to go. Well, this is where we talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Coming up March 5th, that's Monday, folks, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., Jeep Night and Four-Wheeling for Help. This is going to be at Boardwalk Billy's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, you'll have to go over to the jeeptalkshow.com website to get the uh, the link if you want to click on their uh, uh, click on that and go over to their Facebook page. This event is Monday, March the 5th. If you missed it, this is why you should be listening to the day that we release the show, or better yet, subscribe. This event, a charity event and fundraiser, supports Sloan Marie and congenital heart defects. And a shout out to Travis Estes for sharing this information with us. Coming up March 2nd through the 4th, that's this weekend, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, 56th Annual Terra de Sol Desert Safari. It's going to be just outside of San Diego, California. Uh, come on out, experience the magic and splendor of Southern California's finest wheeling. 
This year will be another epic event with fantastic vendors on site and the best raffle on the planet. Over $150,000 in prizes. Yes, we're going to do it again. We want to give out a big shout out to Jeremy Coffin, who sent us details on this event. He went last year and said it was a blast. Judging from what I've uh, read on the web about this event, he's not mistaken. Coming up March 16th through 18th, Reno Off-Road Motorsports Expo. Reno Spark Convention Center in Reno, Nevada. And of course, the Easter Jeep Safari. That's this month, folks. It's now March, uh, March 24th through 31st in Moab, Utah. Again, get all the links to all these events on the JeepTalkShow.com website. Do you know of an off-road event coming up? Shoot us an email with some details. Been to a Jeep event recently? We would love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at JeepTalkShow.com slash contact. Hey, coming up next week, our guest interview with David Tracy of Jalopnik. Great story about uh, helping a college kid out with his uh, Jeep Cherokee. Hey, folks, and go over to my YouTube page. Just search Jeep Mama on YouTube and go hit that subscribe button. And, folks, you can find out more about the Northwest Jeepcast. Search any podcast app for the Northwest Jeepcast. Come listen to me and my buddy Gary talk about everything you want to know about Jeeps. Hey, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, friend us on Facebook, circle us like vultures on Google+, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you are wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out, let's leave the wheeling destination as good as, if not better than the conditions, it was when we arrived. And remember, always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. And if you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can keep trails in the public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Podcasting since 2010. Hey, you know, we love hearing from you. In fact, on our Facebook page alone, we've received 69, okay, I reviews. Mm-hmm. Tony, is that a joke? No. Okay. Start start Six, that over. Yeah. I thought you were going to, anyway. No, no, it's actually just, 69. Yeah. He just wants to hear you say 69 again. I know, and I know. I, and I'm, I'm tickled that you know the, the reference to 69. I, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing here. Who, who doesn't? <laughs> Well, you didn't know what a Henway was, so. Yeah, shut up. <laughs>